Hey folks, this is Dr. Tim Gersmar from Aspire Natural Health. I'm here with a naturopathic student and soon-to-be naturopathic doctor, uh, John, John Moma. Hi guys. So, John, was we were sitting together just having a little lunch, and John uh, was telling me about a great seminar that he attended near and dear to my heart about probiotics, the gut, the immune system, all the stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. He started sharing, dropping some knowledge bombs on me that were so cool that I wanted to uh, get on, have a conversation with him real quick, and, uh, and let him share some of that stuff. So, uh, John, you want to tell, tell everybody uh, about the seminar you were just at? Yeah, guys. So basically, uh, it was a seminar put on by Dr. Nigel Plummer uh, here in Seattle, Washington. It was uh, last Saturday, and I, I came away with uh, you know several really, really awesome uh, you know new new ideas, new new avenues for for treatment that I thought I would definitely share with you guys. Um, basically, what what really astounded me was the the type of research that Dr. Plummer is currently doing um, with with children, especially. There seems to be a lot of uh, new new research now about uh, the the period of life, um, you know when when supplementation with probiotics would be most ideal, and you know why why we were able to um, you know get a lot of a lot of benefit um, from from supplementation. Uh, you know definitely when we're you know exposed to so many antibiotics as children, and and that um, so what he was saying was um, you know he he tends to. Uh, you know, start supplementation, you know, pretty, pretty early, uh, thinking about the third trimester with mothers, um, trying to, you know, increase the, the gut flora, the, 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 uh, the, the microbiome of the mother. That way, when the child is born, and, you know, oftentimes uh, we, we, we like to think that most children, you know, should be born, uh, you know, normal birth, vaginal birth that, you know, exposes them to the proper types of, uh, you know, bacteria that take up residence in, in, in their microbiome as, as babies, um, you know, the, the, the vaginally born child, you know, tends to have, you know, all those proper bacteria that are present, uh, you know, at, at birth that are really what the body needs. Um, you know, children that, that then go on to be breastfed, you know, then again, get a lot of benefits with different prebiotic strains and get the reinforcement of the good bacteria. Um, unfortunately, you know, there is a trend nowadays, there's a lot of C-sections that, that, that do occur that, that are, you know, oftentimes are, are needed and necessary and it just, it doesn't uh, often expose the child to the proper, um, you know, flora that, that they need, uh, the proper bacteria to take up residence within the gut. So um, in that case especially, or, you know, children that aren't, aren't breastfed especially, you know, he wants to, uh, or, you know, as, as practitioners, we, you know, we should be thinking, you know, how can we you know, even correct any kind of dysbiosis or what, what types of extra types of supplementation might be uh, indicated at that point. And so uh, the idea is that, you know, as children, we have this, this, this period of plasticity that generally is, is present uh, within the first six months of life. And it's, it's kind of when the body, you know, decides what is normal and what is not normal. You know, what's a normal bacteria to have in the gut? What's a healthy bacteria to have in the gut? And there's a period of plasticity that we really want to you know, in, in some ways take advantage of. And um, the way that, that that often occurs is is through, you know, really gentle, well-researched, safe type of probiotic supplementation in a, in a young child. And I know that that might seem a little bit, um, you know, a, a little bit scary to think to, you know, supplementing something in a child, but there's really great research that shows that, you know, that this, this type of supplementation is well, well studied and safe and what it allows is the, the body to actually take up, you know, some of these well, well-studied um, strains of, of probiotics, the lactobacillus, the bifido, 
um, bacteria that we can find in a lot of great supplements um, to take into the body and then become incorporated uh, as part of a, a normal gut flora. They, they can actually be, become part of the normal snap, uh, the, the snapshot of, of what should be in the gut. And the reason why that's so amazing is because, you know, as we go through our childhood and we, we have an ear infection and we have antibiotics, we have, you know, food poisoning, we have antibiotics and we, you know, we're, we're exposed to all these different, you know, insults to the gut that tend to deplete what's in our, our GI tract. We can then, you know, very easily supplement with some of these same types of, of bacteria, the lactobacillus and the, the bifido strain specifically, and the body recognizes them as self, and it will take them in and allow them to grow, and uh, it really just replenishes the gut in a very natural way, um, without without there there being, uh, you know, the exposure to these types of strains of probiotics in that plasticity period. The body will will still utilize them, but they tend to not take effect, not take up residence with, within the gut as well as they would have if they're recognized as a self-strain of bacteria. So it's, it's pretty cool to, you know, maybe, you know, consider this, this type of supplementation, um, you know, for, for all children, but especially children that, you know, were, were born C-section or, um, you know, did not have a full, um, full period of, of breastfeeding as a child. Well, I think the thing that blew me away, John, is, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, the research out there is pretty strong, uh, unfortunately for us adults out there, right, that the research is, is growing and mounting, that it's not so much what we do when we're adults, although that matters, right, and John's going to talk a little bit about some, some of the other pieces that he learned, but that we have this critical early life window that seems to be about six months long, and if you've been looking at any of the research out there, you see, you know, the thing that bedevils all of us is that it's really stinking hard to change the gut microbiome, right? And the question has always been why? Why can't we change this thing very easily, right? So everything from, you know, monster dosing probiotics to doing fecal transplants and everything, trying to get a new, you know, healthier flora to set up resonance. But the thing John brought to us that, that um, you know, in our talks that he hasn't fully kind of laid out here is that idea of a snapshot. And it seems to be, we think about the microbiome, but we forget about the other side, that there's this dynamic sort of relation, There is not sort of, there is a dynamic relationship between the microbiome and the body itself. And so just like our bodies, when things work properly, early on set up a distinction between what is normal and belongs there. In other words, like, you know, your eyeball cells, your liver cells, your skin, your blood, all belongs there and should not be the target of attack, right? And that, you know, foreign bacteria and viruses and all this stuff should be, that's called tolerance, right? What the immune system tolerates. This fascinating idea, I mean, it just blew me away. That's why I had to plunk this recorder down and get this conversation with John is that, the, the, the immune system or the body is creating a template or an idea of what the microbiome is supposed to look like in that first six months. And so just like the body sets out the idea of what is acceptable and what is not in terms of things the immune system attacks, it sounds like the body does exactly the same thing when it's setting out what type of bacteria that it tolerates and what type of bacteria that it doesn't like. And so therefore, if the body's set on this pattern, and then we go and try and put in, quote unquote, good bacteria, right? Or bacteria that are supposed to be there, but the body is programmed to say, no, this is on the no fly list, right? We don't want this. 
then that bacteria is going to have an incredibly difficult time, if it can do it at all, of sort of setting up shop and colonizing because the immune system, um, it sounds like it'll turn around and basically jettison this thing from, from the body. I mean, to some extent, yes. I mean, okay. there, you know, there is definitely some, some transient effects, uh, some positive benefit from, from you know, supplementing you know, anyone at any age, depending on their background. You know, they're going to get some level of, 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 of benefit. Hey folks, we're back. John and I just got done seeing another patient, so we're back to continue this conversation. So we were talking about the the crucial importance of the, those first six months in life, and uh, you know, we need to do everything we can as a society and as individuals. So if you're a mom or a dad, you're thinking of having kids, um, you are pregnant, you are you know you have new kids under six months old. Um, you, you know, and without being that person who irritates the heck out of anybody, uh, you're a grandparent or you know someone with kids, you know, try and gently, gently um, uh, impress upon them the, the importance of some probiotics, right? Because um, like we said, it seems that the immune system, the body as a whole, um, takes a snapshot uh, after those first six months that says, this is what normal flora look like. And when everything's working properly, you know, mom had a good flora, baby was born vaginally, baby was breastfed, baby did not get antibiotics, baby got set up right, then that's fantastic because your body's going to take that snapshot of that healthy flora and work to try and keep it in good shape. But for most of us, myself included, if we weren't, you know, born, uh, if mom had an issue, we weren't born vaginally, we weren't breastfed at all or for very long, we had antibiotics as kids or just some of these other factors come into play, you know, our body took a snapshot of some dysfunctional flora for us. So uh, John wanted to continue on. Uh, he had some other great pieces that he picked up. So that's it for kids. Uh, the bottom line is this, like do everything you can to, to try and get some good flora into little kids because um, there are things that happen in that first six months that, that it seems, I hope we're wrong, man. I hope we're wrong, but it seems that it's, it's dang hard and maybe impossible to, to, to permanently change after those six months that's a really good point yeah i mean i think the the, the main takeaway that i that i found uh you know with this conference was that you know probiotics at this day and age and you know in your average adult are not meant to be a permanent solution where these 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 bacteria are not going to go into the gut They're, they aren't going to colonize and you know breed and multiply on one dose of of uh, probiotic i mean it's just not not the case that these these, these benefits that we're seeing from probiotic supplementation are more, more from sustained supplementation where you know these, these bacteria go in, they are utilized within a relatively short period of time. They, they accomplish you know, a very important role within the small intestine, within the large intestine, uh, mostly in the small intestine. Um, and then, and then they, are, they are passed through the, the bowels. So you know, we, we see you know, a very high effect uh, you know, after just a few days of, of proper supplementation, you know, you're going to have a very saturated level of, of proper bacteria within the small intestine. And they're going to, you know, be very important when they're when it comes to the immune function of, of the entire body, having that those those helpful uh, chaperones of the immune system there present. And then, you know, if, 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 if a patient decides to discontinue supplementation, then, you know, you're going to have a, a gradual decrease of that that benefit. And we can always you know, in addition to probiotics, we can supplement with prebiotics, which is, you know, in essence, the, the food that the healthy bacteria wants to utilize to eat, to grow, to reproduce. That's the bacteria that are naturally in your gut in the first place. Um, so 
I think, you know, to some degree, you know, any, any, any discussion about probiotics needs to include one about prebiotics as well. And that's mostly, you know, fermented foods and, and that we get a lot of good prebiotic content. Um, but within regards to the small intestine, I found it really interesting that, you know, we, we think that, you know, probiotics, they're, you know, these, the, these strains that we see that are 100 billion per capsule. And we think that's, wow, it's such a mega dose. And, you know, in, in some ways it really is, uh, especially when it comes to the, the small intestine where that 100 billion is, is 10 times the amount of bacteria that are actually in the small intestine. The small intestine does not contain a lot of bacteria. It's, it's very, very sparsely populated with this, with this good bacteria. And, it, and it, 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 for that reason, it's, it's often a dangerous place that is subject to overgrowth of bad bacterias and, um, you know, different strains of, of, uh, you know, other, other organisms that can colonize. And so when we have probiotics, um, yeah, yeah. It yeah, is, absolutely. I mean, look, there's a couple of great points John is driving towards. So we always say, look, you have a small intestine and a large intestine, right? Large intestine is also called your colon. It's essentially, if you will, where poop comes from, right? And the, the small intestine is where digestion happens. And so we always say this, look, what, how it's supposed to be is the small intestine has a relatively small amount of bacteria. The large intestine has a large amount of bacteria. And that's what's supposed to happen, right? And um, the, the other way to think of it is, you know, the large intestine is like New York City or Tokyo or, or you know, any other major, like, massive city, right? Just jam-packed people everywhere. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. the large intestine, right? Yeah. The, the small intestine is more like the countryside, right? There are people mm -hmm. there, but they're kind of spread out. They're not too densely. They're not all jammed together, densely populated. They're kind of spread out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we're not even going to go into, like, SIBOs and, and, and overgrowths here. But I, I think the point John was trying to make, and, and if you don't mind me, John, trying to make no, this please, point please, for you, yeah, is we tend to think of probiotics. I mean, I do too. Look, I, the reason I wanted to record this too was John was, was really dropping some knowledge bombs on us that had me thinking. So we tend to think like, look, stool tests, right? The common tests that the docs do that are trying to look at this stuff are pretty much, you know, mostly looking at large intestine. And we see deficiencies and overgrowths and we're always thinking okay how do we correct those deficiencies and what's going on but um you know the fact is the bacteria that live in the small intestine are really crucial right and so we always think okay these these tiny dose relatively speaking right so when someone says one billion is a tiny dose well it is when it comes to bacteria right sounds huge and it, i mean it is if it's dollars right but if it's uh, if it's bacteria a billion is nothing so when we look at these probiotics that have a billion uh, what are called cfus essentially we go yeah that's not it's not even going to shift the needle in large intestine but what john's driving at what dr Plummer had to say was that we're really looking at those bacteria primarily for their effect that they're having in the small intestine exactly exactly that's that's, that's very true yeah so, you know, an entirely different way, if you will, of kind of looking at probiotics. Look, there's nothing wrong. We're, we're obviously still going to try and restore as normal of a flora and keep it going in the large intestine as possible. But if we also are kind of shifting our target a little bit and saying, hey, modulating or changing the flora in the small intestine is crucial. And it is important. It's crucial, though, is even more important than we thought. Um, that changes the way 
that we practice a little bit, which, it does. which it is does. key. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to say that, that John was talking about there is it's important to realize that, that we have kind of, if you will, two different types of bacteria. We have the residents. So those are those, if you will, it's like people who are permanently living in that place. So right to take New York City as an example, uh, for whatever, we have the residents, people who live there all the time. They were born there. They live there. They die there. Those are the, the true residents of that city. Just like in our guts, we're saying in the first six months, it seems the, the, the body decides who's going to live there. Right. It's the, uh, the 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 manager of the high rise, if you will, it says uh, who they're going to let live in the building. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but then we also have our transients. Right. Uh, and I just mean that those are like in New York. Right. All the people vacationing or coming through the city who pass through, mm -hmm. stay there for a short period of time, do what they're going to do and then move on. Well, just like the city of New York would say, man, those those visitors have a significant measurable you know impact on the city itself right they do major some bad stuff but also a lot of good stuff for the city we say the same thing with probiotics right yeah so yeah. we tend to try and think at least if you're in my world like how can we get more residents how can we uh, uh, get um, you know more that stick around and stay but what if the point on some level isn't so much about trying to get so much to stay although Honestly, we're still going to try, but what we're putting through on a regular basis. Exactly, exactly. You, know, right. you, you can get so much clinical benefit from just, you know, more like a, a low-level daily supplementation. And, you know, by, by low-level, I mean like 10, 10 billion, you know, CFUs is, is a pretty small dose probiotic. Right. But in, when it's active in the small intestine, it's a whopping dose. Because right. Because there, there's really, you know, a very small amount of bacteria in there. And you're putting yeah. so much good visit, so many, you know, good visitors that are spending money and they're increasing the economy of, right. the, of the area. And they have right. so, so many positive benefits right. on, on a very large scale within the small intestine. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, that's why I'm a big fan. I, I, I mean, again, if we think ancestrally, how did people get their quote unquote probiotics? It was, you know, with the food and the dirt, essentially, that they were exposed to and they were eating. And they didn't sure. just take that once in a blue moon. I mean, basically every meal or at least every day they were getting their their dose of probiotics. Mm -hmm. And so if we're trying to to emulate that, and I think we should, it means that we should be getting, you know, either probiotics or some real fermented foods that have bacteria in them, or in my world, you know, both of those things pretty much every day, at least multiple times a week, if not every day, right? Yeah. Which is a big shift for people because, and then we got to run to get a patient here in a second, but, but fundamentally, right, we don't eat fermented food and bacteria. In fact, we try to kill every bacteria we can with yeah, <laughs> antibacterial hand wipes and all this other stuff, right? And then those prebiotics, those fibers and those things that feed bacteria, you know, we, we tend not to eat them. So, you know, are we, is it any wonder that our, that our gut flora are just in the shambles? Yeah. All right, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. We'll pick up after our next patient. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk soon. All right. Hey, folks, we're back again. Finished up with another patient. We got a few minutes. We want to keep this conversation rolling. So important point, we have to bring up the usual kind of disclaimer saying, look, hey, if you're pregnant or you have any other condition, you really should check with your doctor. Look, we know the real fact is a lot of doctors have no clue about this, but honestly, you know, seek out a good qualified health professional to really advise you on this. Probiotics are in general incredibly safe for people, but there are some situations that you need to watch out for. So honestly, uh, if you're in a vulnerable position, you've got, you know, some, some significant problems or, or we do lump pregnant women in there just because uh, we want to be sure of safety of baby really really make sure you have someone on board who, who knows what they're doing okay and and, and plug 
plug for us here. If, if you don't have anybody else that you know that can help you, we work with a lot of patients um, throughout the whole United States and honestly throughout the world. So we've talked to people as far away um, as, you know, the Middle East, Korea, Australia. So uh, thanks to the glory of the Internet, um, distance is not the, the issue that it once was. So please, um, always best to have a local practitioner, someone you can sit down face to face with, uh, look him in the eyes, look him or her in the eyes. Uh, but if that's not a possibility, just know that a lot of practitioners, including us, are available now. So reach out as you need it. All right. All that having been said, disclaimers out of the way, let's continue on with this conversation. So, so far, we've talked about the importance of probiotics in little kids, and then we talked about the idea um, that we might have it slightly wrong, that it might be about the small intestine in many cases, more so than the large intestine, and about the importance of our, the transient bacteria, the ones that just move through us, as opposed to the resident bacteria, the ones that live inside of us. Uh, but that's not all, folks. Jo uh, John has got some uh, some more little pieces he wanted to bring up, some great info from the talk. So take it away. Yeah. So basically, you know, we we know that the prevalence of, of allergies and and you know you know for me personally, I know that this is this is the time of the year, especially that I get a lot of allergies, and I think you know quite a few of us do. Um, autoimmunities are, are, are definitely very prevalent in our society as well. We're dealing with a lot of patients these days that have, you know, one, one uh, type of autoimmunity and, 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 you know, often multiple types of, of different um, autoimmunities. And, and uh, it can be very, very restrictive, very, very uh, scary for patients and, and, you know, profoundly affect uh, quality of life too. So, you know, any, any novel approach to these types of things is something that we always have on our radar. We're always very interested in. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Plummer was talking a lot about, you know, just how, how or what, what role probiotics play or what, what, what role, you know, your microbiome, your gut bacteria play uh, in, in the development or the, the prevention of, of uh, autoimmunity and, and types of allergy. And I think I found it really interesting that, um, you know, a lot of autoimmunity develops just within the premise of, of you know, our, our own body attacking our cells, that we've, we have somehow, you know, there was an antigen that we were exposed to that our cells were created to to destroy but unfortunately that so, so those, john john what's an antigen yeah so that's a really good question dr grismore so basically um, an antigen is is a is a piece of a substance usually something that we have ingested or come in contact with and it's been broken down into its most essential parts um, and we refer to it, you know, as a very general term. The, the antigen is, is what our body seeks out and wants to recognize and wants to, uh, in, in some cases, uh, is, tolerate and in some cases, uh, you know, destroy or, or create cells that are meant to destroy that type of, of antigen. And that's how allergies tend to persist. That, that's how we develop autoimmunity. And, and uh, you know, in, in the case of autoimmunity, we've unfortunately developed uh, cells that want to attack you know, a certain antigen that are very similar to a self antigen. And that, that could be types of tissues in the body that could be, you know, in the case of type one diabetes, it's, it's pancreatic cells that, that produce insulin. Um, so very, very scary type of process. So where the gut comes into this and where probiotics really, really are, are, are an exciting avenue is that we're, we're seeing research really pointing to the fact that gut microbes, you know, proper healthy gut microbes tend to actually chaperone the process. They'll actually hold the hand of that antigen as it crosses through that gut barrier and is exposed to the immune system and, and that. And, you know, in, in cases where we, we don't have that type of chaperone happening, we don't have uh, the proper mechanisms in place, we, 
we see that, that antigen being exposed to what we call more of a Th1, uh, Th2 type of immune response. And that would be more towards allergy or more towards autoimmunity. In cases where we have proper gut microbiome, we have proper gut bacteria, or we've been supplementing with probiotics in the proper, proper way, we actually see that that antigen you know, is, is shunted to a different process. It's moved to a different pathway that uh, the response is more what we call a Treg response, where these, these Treg cells, they're, they're T regulatory cells, um, are, are there to really make sure that these processes like autoimmunity don't take place. They're, they're more of a protective response, and it's the, the proper response the body really wants to follow, and it's one that's more protective uh, for the body in general, and, and something that we, we want to see happen more often in, you know, in our patients that have autoimmunity, that we can you know, enhance somehow. You know, the, the, the idea that we can enhance the amount of Treg cells in these patients, you know, really, it, for me, is very exciting because it, it means that that's one more avenue that we can take in cases that you know, these patients aren't, aren't getting a lot of response to normal treatments. We can say you know, we have something more foundational, more natural approach um, to, to helping people with, with allergy or you know, uh, auto, uh, autoimmune. Absolutely. John, did you, did you hear about that study that came out a, a little while ago? It was, a, it was a, um, you know, a pilot study. They were testing it out, and they actually, what they did was they took blood from people. These are people with autoimmune disease. In this case, I believe it was type 1 diabetes that they were actually, they were testing these people on. So again, anybody, type 1 diabetes, where your immune system basically uh, attacks your pancreas and, and destroys it, you can't make insulin anymore, and you, you need to either have shot. You basically need to inject insulin into into you, or or you're gonna die. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Pretty serious condition. Often hits kids, um, but but not always, right? So they took these people. They drew blood from them. They they were able to isolate those T regulatory cells. So again, these used to be called T suppressor cells, like they would suppress or stop. The immune system now they're kind of considered regulatory cells they, they're more of a balancing act so they're they're calming everything down um, they found these cells they took them and essentially kind of in a test tube they they multiplied them so they got like a whole bunch of these cells and then they injected them back into the person so they isolated their own t-reg cells uh, multiplied them so there were many many more i think they said 1500 percent of normal and injected them back into these people and i know one lady in particular uh, it's been a little while since i've looked at the study so i can't remember but one lady in particular had actually <clears throat> complete remission of her type 1 diabetes that lasted a year it's amazing so yeah and that is just like jaw falling on the floor amazing yeah. right no immunosuppressive drugs no other things but but simply using the t-reg cells of the body so honestly like count me in I, I would love for this therapy or something like it to be available but the exciting thing that john is pointing to here is what are natural ways that we can boost our own t-reg cells mm -hmm. right and we can use to try and help get autoimmunity under control and it's one of these that we're pointing out is simply the bacteria in our guts right so the the, the bacteria that we're looking for the quote you can't see me making air quotes right now people but the uh the quote unquote uh good bacteria uh, will stimulate T regulatory cells, right? Which helps to balance out the immune system. Uh, the bad bacteria not only don't balance out, don't stimulate T reg cells, but they often push the, the immune system into that more aggressive posture, right? Mm -hmm. So what we can say at the very least is, you know, having a gut loaded with bad bacteria and not any good bacteria is going to make autoimmunity worse, mm -hmm. right? And flipping that around is it may not cure everything, but at least it's going to make 
the situation better for yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it, it will likely dissuade those those types of processes from happening. And, right, you know, right. Safer overall. Yeah, so we got to talk about something interesting, too. So not just autoimmunity, but allergies, right? I'm a guy with, with young kids, and you walk by classrooms, and you see signs plastered all over the place. You know, there, there's a child with a nut allergy or something mm-hmm. allergy, like, you know, absolutely no no nuts or no, no whatever it is allowed in this classroom and and I can't even pretend to imagine what it's like knowing my kid has a you know a fatal allergy but the incidence of allergies both serious and then in things like eczemas asthmas all this kind of stuff um, it just are so common nowadays so right yeah. mm-hmm. and so how does um, so you know talk to talk to everybody about how the gut bacteria play in and then let's talk about desensitization a little bit yeah absolutely so to, to kind of build on the, on you know on the idea that these these healthy gut microbes chaperone the the antigens you know we can actually harness that ability these these bacteria's ability to you know hold the hand of these these substances that pass through the the, the layer of the gut and then they interact with the immune system and so the idea is say for for instance there's been a really good study that was recently published uh, on a child that did have a severe peanut allergy unfortunately and mm-hmm. and uh, you know was was taking proper precautions and that but they they wanted to investigate you know whether or not um, you know actually giving the substance that causes the problem along with a proper dose of a, of, 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 of probiotics would actually be a feasible you know treatment right. to to provide uh, not not cure but remission okay long term okay and so the point of this is is you know you you you, you give uh, a very small quantity of peanut we're, 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 you know we're talking microgram size so right this is very, kind of your 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 home almost your homeopathic right a yeah, very, yeah, very very dilute uh, amount so I, I just have to chime in here guys mm-hmm. this is this really isn't something if your kid has a serious allergy this really is not something you want to do at home it's a really good you know, point that this is actually very technical and you know how you actually go about this you know it has to be definitely someone who is an expert at desensitization needs to be on board and, and you know yeah you have to go very slowly so we're talking about over the course of months six months 12 months um, slowly increasing that 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 portion of a microgram mm. slowly increasing those daily doses um, up until you can tolerate uh, at the end of the study I believe the the child was able to eat a handful of 15 peanuts that's and w- I mean without reaction yeah, which the, would be unheard of absolutely unheard of right um, and I, so I mean given given that we've heard stories of you know someone in the room like opened up you know just literally took out a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right yeah. and the kid on the other side of the room had an anaphylactic mm-hmm. reaction like just the the few molecules floating through the air were enough to trigger it i mean the fact that yeah. if you could take that from that to 15 peanuts yeah. i mean that's a difference yeah. like an accidental exposure doesn't send you to the hospital no it's amazing right? it's amazing and yeah. you know the, the, this just goes back to the idea that we can create those t-reg cells right and those t-reg cells that are created are unique to peanuts right because they, they, they we've gone through the pathway that holds the hand of the peanut antigen crosses the barrier, goes through the Treg pathway, those Treg cells are created, they're multiplied, and then now all of a sudden the body has these specific Treg cells that are specific to peanut allergy right. that can go and they can tone down the immune system response to the allergen. Right. 
It's, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So all that to say is, look, there are two valuable therapies that John's just talking about. The first is, is desensitization therapy. Now, the way most people know about it is, is, is the allergy shots, right? So that's where you go into your allergist, your MD allergist, right? And they give you shots. And those are, again, very, very diluted concentrations that build over time, trying to develop, naturally develop those Tregs and that autoimmunity. But what we're simply saying is here, there's another type of desensitization, and that's oral desensitization, or taking usually drops by mouth, right? But we're saying, hey, you know, those allergy shots, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And it's got to be based on, you know, what type of Tregs you can basically produce, right? If you can make enough of them and they can respond to those shots, then you get some desensitization. And if you can't, then you don't, yeah. right? Yeah. But we know we can goose that, we can make that more effective through the use of probiotics, yeah, right? And putting absolutely. it in the way antigens, or again, these things that trigger the immune system, the way we're naturally gonna be exposed to most of these things, especially if it's a food or something we eat, it's gonna come through the digestive tract. So if we can simulate uh, the way the body's gonna receive it, it only makes sense to me that we're gonna see more effectiveness with it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if anybody out there, you know, if they've never heard about it, and, and you've got either you yourself have severe allergies, or your kids do, definitely consider looking into desensitization therapy. And if you're going to do it, we highly recommend get that person's gut in good shape and consider mm -hmm. here supplementing mm -hmm. with some probiotics. So do you know what type of probiotics uh, Dr. Plummer was using in this study? Uh, you know, he was using two strains of lactobacillus and two okay. strains of, of uh, bifido. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, no crazy, exotic, super rare, uh, you no, know, strains no, of bacteria, yeah, just, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Well, that's awesome, and we've covered a lot of great stuff. Is there anything else, any other takeaways from the, the this uh, seminar you went to? You want to cover? You want to bring up with people? You know, for me, bottom line with this seminar, it really, it really kind of exposed me to, you know, just how intricate our body is in, in terms of you know the 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 interaction between the gut and the rest of the body. This is really for me. This is the, the center of gravity to a lot of different conditions, a lot of different, yeah. um, you know pathologies a lot of different diseases you know and, and 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 you know i think ultimately the key to really optimizing health is is going through the gut and figuring out you know in what ways what obstacles do i have to cure what ways can i enhance my digestion what ways can i you know decrease my chances of autoimmunity especially if you have family, family history of autoimmunity yep um you know it, it, the gut really does rule all and and i think that we really have to always focus yeah. on well, what we, what, you know, listen, what I always tell people is if your gut is not healthy, you will not stay healthy long term. Yes. Right. Very true. Not all to Hippocrates, the ancient Greek dude, right, said all disease begins in the gut. I don't even though the gut is my world. I don't know if I completely agree with that. But I will say if your gut is not healthy, you cannot stay healthy long term. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So some awesome information. So I wanted to record it for you folks. Uh, John shared with us. So we learned, hey, look, there is, there really seems to be, and this is a bummer. Like I so wish this wasn't true, but there seems to be that early window up to six months where the body really takes a snapshot and looks at um, and sets itself of what's supposed to be there. So I guess it's like, you know, your first house and you get used to your neighbors and you, um, from then on, you know, you look for those neighbors uh, from that point on. So it's really critical. 
anyone out there pregnant thinking of getting pregnant or, or you know, kids under six months, it, it's time to make sure their guts are in good shape and they've got some, some, some good probiotics, okay? Ideally, breastfeeding as well, if you can swing it. Uh, we really push it, but um, definitely no shame or blame to moms because it is super hard and they basically get zero support out there. We also talked about how the importance of the small intestine um, is often overlooked. So we're looking at it more now with things like SIBO or small intestine bacterial overgrowth. But beyond that big dysfunction, understanding that a lot of what probiotics do for us may be less tied to the large intestine and maybe much more tied to the small intestine. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about Treg cells as well, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the importance of stimulating those cells and how we might, might, might have a way to help treat some allergies, possibly autoimmune diseases. If anything like that study that we talked about can be replicated and mm -hmm. done, um, those Tregs may be uh, one of our tickets to um, you know, control of autoimmune disease, a control or maybe eradication of allergies for people. Absolutely. So, yeah. all right. Well, it has been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, folks, for listening. You can find us at AspireNaturalHealth.com. That's www.aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, Natural Health. So all one word, AspireNaturalHealth.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash AspireNaturalHealth. I want to give my thanks to John. John has been a, a, he is a fantastic student. He is going to graduate soon and be a spectacular doctor. Appreciate John, that. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. absolutely. You. You, time, you have anywhere, uh, if people want to check you out or look at any of your stuff, do you have anywhere you're on the on the webs for people? Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, there's a resource that we're developing right now. Uh, it's dysbiosis.org. It's going to be up and running soon. Uh, hopefully this summer have some really good uh, resources for patients and practitioners. So awesome. Check it out. Spectacular. Well, we uh, if we get a chance to swing it, we'll be back on with John some other time but until we talk again folks take care